Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of MindBuddyGreen, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at MindBuddyGreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. Like many people, it's taken me years of experimenting with food, adding ingredients here, cutting them out there to find the perfect diet. I go heavy on the plants, light on the grains, and medium on the healthy fats to feel energized, happy, and alert. And I can find them all on Thrive Market, the largest online marketplace in the country that sells exclusively non-GMO groceries shipped straight to your door. They're offering an amazing deal right now. Get $60 of free organic groceries plus free shipping. Go to thrivemarket.com slash mindbuddygreen now. Their homepage lets me filter through a wide selection of thousands of products based on my values. I just click a few buttons to shop for their widest assortment of certified organic, non-GMO, paleo-friendly foods out there. I don't know where else I can access my go-to snacks like Simple Mills flourless crackers, pantry staples like pasture-raised ghee, and organic apple cider vinegar, and treats like heavenly organic chocolates, all in one go. I just add my weekly haul to my cart, check out, and get back to my life. Oh, and did I mention that their prices are insane? They cut out the middleman to offer up the 50% off items sold. And now they're giving you an extra $60 in free groceries and free shipping. Just visit thrivemarket.com slash mindbuddygreen now. So to all of our vegan, gluten-free, and paleo listeners out there, welcome to a new shopping experience that makes it easier than ever to live with specialized diets. Again, check out thrivemarket.com slash mindbuddygreen for $60 in free groceries. There is no one other place I can go that has such an enormous variety related to the way I eat and the way I live. And I know if it's on Thrive Market, it's going to be good for me and my family. This episode is brought to you by Kind Bar, a healthy snack bar that's offering a new snack club subscription service. They're easily available to order online, which gives people all over the country access to their wholesome goodness, a huge part of the you-we-all philosophy that drives us every day here at MindBodyGreen. Along those lines, the company is also dedicated to social impact and creating a real positive change in the world. They're also super delicious, almost addictively so, and are GMO-free, gluten-free, and made from whole ingredients like nuts, fruits, and whole grains. They also come in a ton of great flavors, all of which you can try in the Snack Club subscription service. There is oats and honey with toasted coconut granola clusters, dark chocolate nuts and sea salt, crunchy peanut butter protein bar, and so much more. Kind has, well, kindly offered to give MBG listeners a special deal. You can try 20 Kind snacks from seven of their unique product lines with their new snack pack. You can get 50% off and free shipping on your first snack pack when you subscribe through Snack Club, Kind's monthly snack subscription service. Go to kindsnacks.com slash mbg for more details. Visit kindsnacks.com slash mbg to learn more and subscribe to the snack pack. That's kindsnacks.com slash mbg. Thank you to Kind for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, everybody. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you all for listening to the podcast and to say that we want to listen to you. So if you have any questions, any dream guests, we are all ears. I would love to hear from you. So ask me anything. 
and stay tuned for the answers or your dream guests on this very podcast. Send your questions to podcast at mindbodygreen.com. That's podcast at mindbodygreen.com. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. Thanks so much. And let's go back to the podcast. Rob Keen is the CEO of one of my favorite natural and organic skincare brands, Waleda North America, which has been around, yes, for almost a hundred years since 1921. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you've got a real history. This, this Waleda is, is a company that's been around for a while with an amazing history. So let's start there in the story of Waleda. It is, uh, yeah, so Waleda was founded back in 1921, actually, and uh, yeah, it's the real deal. Um, it was founded by a person named Rudolf Steiner, who had this uh, this belief, which was, uh, you know, far ahead of his time, that people and nature have this symbiotic relationship, and when they're both working to help each other, uh, it creates health. Uh, healthy people, healthy soil, and that nature has its own rhythms. And I love this guy. Yeah, it's, it's really, <laughs> um, it it really is uh, amazing when you think about it. And people, we as people have our own natural rhythms. And sure. when you can connect the two, uh, it helps the whole system improve and helps to keep us in balance. Helps to keep nature in balance as well. So with that, uh, he worked with the one of the first. Uh, female physicians in Europe, Dr. Ida Wegman, to develop the first products that were actually medicines. They were plant-based medicines where they were using the extracts from certain plants to connect to what we as people needed at the time. And there are times where our rhythms get disrupted for whatever reason. I think we're experiencing a lot of that in uh, today's environment. And um, with the right plant and the right uh, you know, uh, provided to the body in the right way, it can actually help the body to help itself. And it's a really empowering approach to medicine, uh, very different than what we see today. So that was the beginning of Valeda, which is, uh, you know, this was an Austrian uh, philosopher scientist, um, you know, who started this. and In the 20s. Back in the 20s. And... Like- uh, Pre World War Two, like you're still in World War One at that point. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and that then quickly jettisoned into personal care. Yep. And uh, you know he had the same idea uh, around the way skin functions and the way you know our body functions on the outside as much as it does on, on with uh, the way that that the soil functions and sure. creating you know really self sustaining ecosystems. And so uh, skin food which a lot of folks are, are aware of today, was actually introduced back in the 20s as well. And that's one of the products you're well known for. Yeah. That is, yeah, that's when when I was first, when Waleda first appeared in my life, that was the one that I kept hearing about as the industry's best kept secret. Right. And uh, it's actually, it's it's still our, our, it's our top seller today. It's the top seller in the category. It's, uh, it's really, it's amazing. It's It stood the test of time and it's the same so what idea. do you think? See, this company was started almost a hundred years ago, and it feels like we here in America and the states are like just catching up to this idea of of rhythm and uh, the importance of plants and ingredients specific to skincare and what we put in our bodies. What do you think? Like, what what were we doing wrong here for like 
the 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 ninety years <laughs> in I between. Know, like it feels what? like there's a lot of chasing of, yeah. of what Europe's been doing. Right, I feel like you've been doing this forever. And yeah, I think um, look, we ha- I think there is a lot that we have to learn from what's been happening in Europe. Um, I think it transcends from everything from environmental responsibility to wellness, you know, in general. And you see pockets of it, or you started seeing pockets of that springing up a long time ago in the U.S. as well. But one of the big differences is that the the European Union took responsibility for this. And there are very strict standards, as you know. Stricter than ours. Much stricter. In fact, it's not regulated here. And that's part of the problem. So, uh, you know, what constitutes n- natural? So, so skincare are natural, like labels are not regulated. Uh, correct. Correct. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's reg, it's, it's regulated to the degree that any product would be regulated. It's not regulated in terms of overseeing what is truly natural, what is not. So it's a very confusing environment here. Whereas in, in Europe, the standards in Europe alone, guarantee that if something says it is natural you can you know you can bank on it being natural and there's another certifying body uh that we're less familiar with here but it is even a more stringent standard called natru and right. that is uh it's it's the leading european certifier of natural and organic and non-gmo you know that's something that's fortunate that you know it's a very strict standard that Valeda holds itself to and is certified and Hopefully that can provide some assurance in a sure. otherwise very confusing shopping environment. Well, it's totally confusing, and, and some would say that, or some think, and I, I'm in this camp that you know we have this explosion in natural and organic food, and, and that's exciting. And, and many feel, including us, that beauty's next, and it's you know we're putting we're, people are catching up to that. But it's so. Do you think that's true? And how far behind do you think? natural beauty is from food and where we are today well what we found so we we spent a lot of time talking to our users and and people who are buying in the category in general maybe who aren't even buying you know waleda most we find start their journey with food Um, and i think that's because it's it's a more intuitive understanding that what you put in your bodies matters and you know i think it was dr mark hyman who talks yeah. about how you become what you eat and yeah. i think um food is just a more it's a it's an easier get i think what's happened more recently is there's a there's a lot of awareness now um it's really amazing that we hear our own you know our consumers play back not because we've been telling them but they just have a broader awareness of skin really being their largest organ mm-hmm. and that's that's their language that's a big one. Right? Skin, largest organ. Got it. <laughs> and um, and so what you put on your body is as important as what you put in your body. I think that's why you're seeing this progression uh, that people come into the into this natural organic space through food, and uh, you know evolve over to personal care. The other thing I would say, we hear that a lot of times that there's an event of some kind, something big that happens in someone's life, sure, that triggers them to move into this natural organic space. Sometimes it could be the birth of a child mm-hmm. um, or, you know, pregnancy um, because uh, you want to do everything you can to nurture what's, you know, growing inside. And it could be something like a trauma. Uh, it could be a disease. We hear the most poignant quote that I can play back off the top of my head from, from some of the women that we had, uh, that we've been talking to say that uh, organic is cheaper than cancer. Hmm. And so that's why it's worth, you know, spending a little bit extra to get something a little bit, 
you know, to get something a lot healthier. And so it's with that kind of level of urgency that people set, you know, a lot of people move into the category in food and then, you know, they, as they become more involved and more educated, they understand that what they put on their body is as important. And I think that's where, that's the role that beauty now has to step up to. So how far behind do you think beauty is from food? Is it five years, 10 years? Do you think that there's always going to be a lag because people come to food first? Or do you think beauty will catch up to food or eclipse food? Or what are your thoughts there? I think there will be a bit of a lag in the near term yeah. because there is a lot of catching up um, that we have to do. There's so much awareness and education of gut health right now and the importance of of what you eat, I think that there's just more airtime given to that. And so mm-hmm. I think that there's so much more, there's so much broader awareness of that. It's also a little bit less confusing, um, with a lot of food. It's, if something says it's organic, that's one of the things that is regulated in food, in, uh, in personal care with all, the, with the level of confusion. I think it's incumbent upon the brands and the retailers sure. that sell them to help make that whole process easier. But I do think, there will come a point. I think it's going to catch up over time, yep. and uh, you, we can start to see that in the numbers. That you know the the size of the category. I mean, personal the the natural organic personal care category itself grew to over six billion dollars in the U.S. Wow. in 2017. What was it previously? Uh, it was like five. It was five point. I want to say five point seven, five point eight. It keeps growing at you know, high single digits year after year after year, it's projected to accelerate. Right. Organic food was like, I want to say like 20% year over year for a while. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember that. So yeah. It's, that's growing. It's a big number to grow. Yeah, no, totally, totally. But I do think, I do think, uh, you know, the pace of growth, uh, historically and now with what's projected, you know, the industry is transforming and I'm starting to see some brands start to step up. It'd be nice if more brands, Sure. Did because right now we're making it really hard as a, a brand, you know, community as a shelf. It's very difficult for anyone to delineate what's what. And so something you guys talk about, which I love, it's very aligned with what we believe here at Mind Body Green. And you touched on in the beginning is this idea of being closer to nature and inner nature. And let's go back to that, like why that's so. It's it's in your DNA and why that's so critical. Yeah, it's it's one and the same. Right. Yep. Um, it's, it, it's one and the same as, as, uh, the brand, you know, itself. So one of the other, uh, contributions that Rudolf Steiner made to the world was the development of, of, uh, biodynamic farming, which is one of the early forms of sure. what today we think of as regenerative, regenerative uh, farming. agriculture. Yeah. Regenerative agriculture. And it's a, and it was for, it's so interesting because today the urgency is so high for so many more reasons than it was back then. Um, his view of it back then was that uh, a farm is actually a living organism and it needs to, you know, it needs to be set up to survive on its own and self-heal and self-rejuvenate. Uh, and um, it is a very different looking kind of farm than we typically see, you know, when you can imagine driving through, 
you know, Midwest, uh, the U.S. and all the big sure. cornfields and all that. That is not what these farms look like. I had the benefit of actually seeing our biggest biodynamic farm in Germany. This is where we we grow a lot of the plants and and flowers that we use to extract the essential oils and the functional oils for the products themselves. It must and smell very nice. It's unbelievable, <laughs> but it looks so different. When I first walked into that that farming area, I was greeted by this big brown sheep. <laughs> and, you know, I asked uh, the person who runs the farm who was giving me the, the guided tour, what's the purpose of this, this sheep? This is not what I'm normally used to seeing in, uh, in a farm kind of setting. And uh, it's, it is a very obvious answer. The sheep provides the, the, basically the fertilizer. You know, it's all kind of coming from the same place. It's eating food from the farm itself. And in fact, this kind of sheep eats the the what would be otherwise weeds growing around the crops that we're growing, and the sheep is the weeder. I love and, that. And and uh, you know then he gives back through fertilizer to the land. Um, there are you know there are surface crops that grow in and around the area where our let's say our calendula right. garden. It's not just clean rows of calendula flowers. They're clean rows of flowers that are interspersed with all this um, this ground crop that's growing around the, the plants to keep the soil healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. The, the person who runs the, the farm was showing me the difference between the root of one of the calendula flowers that, grow, that grew in this biodynamic setting and the root of one that grew in a conventional setting. The root that grew in the conventional set setting, the root went down, you know, a few inches. The one that went that grew in the biodynamic setting went down feet. Wow! Um, it was probably four or five feet deep, and uh, it was just, it was just shocking. So the connection with nature is, it's all part of the same thing. Steiner's view was people are nature, we're part of nature, and so there's every reason to believe that when we connect with nature, we can help kind of rebalance ourselves. And, and, um, I love that. And, uh, there's just, there's this, this idea, this need of us to be balanced in body and mind and spirit. Um, and green, right? My body green. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and actually what that's so apropos too, because the, our, our whole view is nature is a conduit to staying in balance. Yep. And so that is, so when we talk about, this is like my new personal hero. I wish this guy was still alive. No, it really, it's amazing. And (laughs) and to think that this was back in 1921. So was he like an outcast back then or was he popular? Like what, I have no idea what was going on in in Europe around. Right. Any, any great idea starts off with people thinking you're crazy. He, (laughs) he, he was a philosopher and a scientist and he was, he was uh, leading the way and people started to follow along. Um, It made so much sense. You know, it made so much intuitive sense uh, to so many people that it really it picked up steam, and and uh, it, it is that's why I think it is so well known in Europe, and we've just never been able to give the brand the you know the kind of love that it's needed in the U.S. to be more than just the industry's sure. best kept secret. So it's not Austria, but Germany, I'll say, is, is, is close enough. That, but uh, Colleen and I were in Germany about five years ago, and I remember walking around the streets, and we we're like, holy cow, everything is bio, which is organic. Like, everything. Yeah. Like, even, like, the... 
I forget what they call their hot dogs over there. Even like the corner hot dog guy, like everything is bio. Like they are every, there's farmer's markets everywhere. Everything is bio. They are just light years ahead of us. Yeah. It was, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. No. And, and I think, um, that, you know, fortunately there's, there's a bit of an uprising going on here that I think people are demanding more of that kind of mindset. And I think yeah. it's, I think, I think that's starting to, to take hold. So what role does science play in all of this? Assuming science has caught up over the years. Oh yeah. I mean, science was there then. Um, I mean, the formula of skin food is, I believe, identical, almost identical, if not identical to what it was, you know, back That's then. It's kind of amazing. It's an, it, it, the way I think of it is a bit of art and science. Sure. Um, you know, the science is about formulating the products themselves. And I think the art is having that understanding and that, um, that, that knowledge of how plants, uh, function and how to best connect the functions of those plants with the functions of people. And there's a lot of science actually to the gardening and the, far, you know, the farming itself. Yep. And as you would expect, there's a lot of art to that as well. Um, sure. it's a good combination of both. So are there things we know today that we didn't know 10 years ago, 50 years ago, where it's like, we, I always love here at My Muddy Green, you know, if someone talks about meditation and it's like, oh, meditation is good for you. Well, actually like there are all these studies and there's, <laughs> and this is what it does to your brain. Like with, with skincare, are we catching up with science? Are we, are we as a society, like, is there more science supporting like, Hey, this is actually good for you. This is oh, I bad see you for mean. you. Um, I think, uh, I think we're getting there. Yeah. Um, I think more so from a food standpoint yeah. again, um, and, you know, beginning that, that process from a, you know, beauty and personal care standpoint, um, but still, still catching up to do. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of discovering new Right. New exciting things in this play, in this space. You know, our, our ultimate boss is Mother Nature in what we do. Um, <laughs> I love that. And so a lot of it is just us discovering what's already there in front of us. So like one example being almond, we've got a new almond range that, uh, that we just introduced recently that almonds aren't new. <laughs> right. And, but uh, in the context of skincare, but, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, there, there, there has been a lot of work to understand what the, the unsaturated fatty acids are that are coming from the, the, the almonds and, and how to leverage that to care and protect our skin. And now we've been able to figure out how to harness that and build that into, you know, face care to, uh, to hand creams to, um, you know, uh, even body wash. And it's all leveraging those those essential and functional oils. That's amazing. So, I, so that's the kind of discovery. So is that what the guy, in the, I remember when I visited your, your headquarters, there's a guy in a lab coat. He's in the lab. He's like, it's like a science experiment. Is that Eager, what? Yeah. Yes. He, uh, no. So there, there, so I mentioned that, you know, the, or the, the company started out as uh, pharmaceutical, you know, with medicines and, you know, today what we think of as, as OTC. Um, so that is still a, a business. And, um, so plant medicine. Though. So, right. It, exactly. It's just a form of homeopathic, yep. you know, medicine really. Um, so yeah, so we have a, we have a small pharmacy in our office. It was super cool. It's like you go in there, he's, he's got the glass, he's doing experiments, he's got the coat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And he's using the tinctures, which are developed from the extracts, you know, from all the oil extracts. So what do you think is like really interesting right now? 
in terms of science develops and are we entering a phase like you mentioned almonds like are we going to be discovering things like oh my god i never knew that we could you know do this with that and are we entering is that like the next phase of, of this industry of we hope so um and leveraging we, science it's yeah. like a chemistry experiment with plants exactly um except it feels less like like a chemistry experiment because I think of chemistry, my, my brain goes back to high school, you know, chemistry where I'm, you know, I'm blowing up, uh, those, uh, Bunsen burners and those weren't pleasant memories for for me. I know exactly, exactly. There's a reason I'm doing what I'm doing today and not that, but, um, for us, that is what discovery is. And, you know, the, the benefit is so, is so great to playing and discovering what, new new plants we might be able to harness and leverage and same thing um you know in terms of how we connect it with the body what is it that makes that plant special what Mm -hmm. is it um you know when you study the pomegranate that you know that why does the pomegranate survive in the harsh environment where it grows and understanding you know what those mechanisms are in the way that it grows that can potentially help us as people and and vice versa. So is there anything you've learned? You mentioned almonds. Is there another example of that? Anything you've learned recently where you're like, holy cow, I had no idea that this food or this ingredient could do that? Yeah, oh, I mean, almost almost weekly. Um, so every time we get together globally, we, um, we have some kind of a deep dive session on a, an individual flower or plant or, you know, just to learn more about it. And the I think, um, you know, one of the one of the most interesting things to me is when I think of, uh, we talk about essential oils. Um, yep. there, it is, it's a massive industry now in huge the industry, lots of promises, lots of MLM out there. Right. Right. And you know what? And, and there's truth to it. And, and we believe in it too. Um, there's an aromatherapy benefit that has, you know, that really does have an impact on emotional, mental, you know, physical well-being. Yeah. But what I never understood, or I never really had awareness of, and I don't think a lot of people have, is that that's only part of the equation with us. There's also this whole other part of the plant that, you know, we think of the pretty flower, the calendula flower, but we also leverage the root. And the functional oils that come from the root actually help to help us as people to rebalance uh, in, a func- in a more functional right. way. And so that you're getting kind of both, you know, from the aromatherapy side of that benefit and the, and then the functional oil side of that, of the benefit of that plant. And, you know, you can really absorb both ends. I, I've been, that was one of the really interesting learnings. Um, well, that's one us. too. Essential oils. A lot of people are on the fence. They're skeptical. Well, I know, I don't know. Well, it's, well, we know it feels good. So feels good is good enough. And I would say, you know, you're a pretty practical guy. So if you're saying like, actually, we believe in this stuff, like, yeah. That, I think, um, look, our, our philosophy, th- this is very different than conventional medicine, yep. right? You take a Tylenol and the pain goes down, mm-hmm. right? But the reason the pain goes down is because of a change that's being forced in our body, right? That is the opposite of Wuleta's approach. Wuleta's approach is that you provide the stimulus for the body to help the body help itself. And so my belief in with aromatherapy is it won't work if you don't let it work. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's not, again, it's not like you take a pill and all of a sudden, boom, 
you know, you want emotional well-being and you take the emotional well-being pill. Sure. And there I'm you sure go. I'm sure someone's working on that. Right. And I mean, my son is a great example um, that uh, I had brought lavender oil, uh, lavender essential oil into the house. And, and uh, it just, it was a really calming way to wind down at the end of the day. And he loved it. And he didn't know anything about how old know, is he? He's 13. <laughs> Actually, and we think about it, that's, uh, that's old enough to, you know, to think, oh, wow, dad's really, you know, that's, that's maybe he's there. not as cool as I thought he was. <laughs> um, and it, no, it was the opposite. He, and actually now we fight over the diffuser before, <laughs> before he goes to bed. So, um, it's, uh, you know, and he, and he's 13 and he's right. feeling a benefit and, you know, it just helps to soothe. And, and that's just one example. You know, we have th- this lavender body oil that you can use the same way, but it actually works as a, you know, a moisturizing and almost meditative application that can help you soothe as well. And, right. you know, each, they're different oils, they're different plants that, you know, provide different aromatherapy benefits. If you're not open to it, you're not going to feel anything different. Sure. So where do you think this industry is going? Where do you think we're going to be in a couple of years? Um, it's, well, it's, it's transforming like right in front of us. So what we're seeing right now, so we talked about so much of the confusion, you know, you can think of it as greenwashing that's going on right now. So of that six point, this over $6 billion industry, over half of that is what we would, that is referred to um, as uh, natural, natural or nature inspired. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's a generous way of saying in my, in a a past life, I might've called faux natural, um, that's over half the category. The other half is what Klein, who's this uh, syndicated re- researcher, sure. um, would call truly natural. And that is certainly more predictable. I think they're, they're basing this all on, you know, on ingredients. That's less than half the category today. What we're seeing is that's growing at a faster clip than the natural inspired. And what is projected is the growth of that of the truly natural part of the category is going to pass. It's going to surpass and eventually dwarf this other side of the category. Um, that's the not so natural. And so I think as people become more and more educated and they demand more and more from the brands, regardless if our, if our own, you know, government decides to regulate someday, the demands (laughs) from the consumer are going to be so urgent and so felt it's already starting to happen today. And I think, um, I think the industry, this, I think this whole, what we consider today as natural organic is almost an ante to get into the game right. in the future. And it becomes a much bigger, broader and aspirational category where we're really now talking about wellness and mindfulness. And, um, so I'm seeing, I'm seeing a, a, all the signs that that's starting to happen. Right. Um, I also think, you know, talking about mindfulness as a, as another, you know, general area. So, you know, we talk about body, mind and, and spirit connectivity and balance. And that has become a movement that, you know, we've attached ourselves to and we're fueling now. And I'm seeing, uh, that playing a much bigger role in beauty and personal care yeah. moving forward. I think it's going to be, I think there will be, um, you know, like we, we're, we're just launching now this, this campaign, um, I don't know if campaign is the best way to put it. It's more like a, like storytelling, but it's, um, to, to aid in this whole 
helping people to balance in body and mind and spirit mm-hmm. through nature. Um, we're calling it living your inner nature. And we're going out to the to the people that inspire us that happen to also be using the category and, and, and our brand and, and asking them to tell their story because in, in part it's um, – by them telling their story, it's also telling our story. It's sure. all intertwined. And there's this almost Zen quality to the way people are actually applying products. Um, and it's this whole connecting of, you know, the nature side of the equation that we talked about sure. um, that have become rituals in people's lives. And and uh, if you connect the, you know, rituals with the, the certain products, it becomes a meditative experience almost like this is higher order experience when applying, you know, personal care products in general. And I think, I think that that's something that we're going to see more and more of sure. as we go forward. Something we talk a lot about here at Mind Buddy Green is accessibility. Um, that is also transforming. <laughs> and uh, so in natural organic personal care, this had been a category that you would go to your natural grocer. And that's where you might find this or in more of a natural pharmacy mm-hmm. that is continuing to grow in that area, in that sector of the category. But it is also now spreading very quickly outside of just that, that channel of uh, that, those kinds of retailers. And you're seeing retailers like Target lead the way, mm-hmm. um, which actually I've been really impressed with. They, they've dedicated an entire aisle in their store to natural organic personal care, and they've really committed to it. You know, Wegmans uh, sure. is another one. They have a. They're opening around the corner from us here in Dumbo, I, Brooklyn. I love Wegmans. Um, that is a dangerous store because they were like so sleepy for years. Like Rochester based, like a lot of you know upstate New York, a little Virginia, a little little Middle Atlantic, and now it feels like they're finally starting to accelerate they, growth. Well, you know what? They're such a great example of what a successful brand does. They've been this strong since the first store they opened. Right. And their following will go to the ends of the earth to support them and shop there. And we just had one open up near us um, oh, really? in northern New Jersey. And uh, it's the same thing. People, it's almost like there, there might as well have been lines, you know, around the corner to get in that first day that it opened. So yeah, so they're expanding, but they're, they're expanding responsibly. Yep. Right? They're not blowing out as fast as they possibly can. They're, they're, it's another, it's a family business, I want to say. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they do a great job of connecting, uh, healthy, natural, organic with, you know, curated other, other items in their stores. Um, and, you know, they're committing to it in a very big way. So I think, um, you know, you're seeing all sorts of other kinds of stores, more conventional stores, mass retailers and, and more conventional grocers and, and pharmacy. CVS is, is committing as well. Walgreens is starting to get in the game. It is becoming a lot more accessible and not just in this world of brick and mortar. Right. But it's so easy to find these products now online yep. and buy directly. And that's, that's changing the game entirely. Yep. So I, I have a two-part question. So if someone's listening and they're like, okay, um, maybe I wasn't sold on natural, but now I'm sold. In, in your mind, part part one of the question is like, what are like the three sort of items I, I definitely need? Like it may be, you've got to have shampoo, like shampoo, if it's toxic, it's terrible. Or is it deodorant? Or is it this? Like these are the two or three, like, I don't care if you buy our, you know, obviously want to buy your product, but if you don't, you just please make the switch to natural 
and then second part is like what are your you mentioned skin food like what are the products you're like okay if you're gonna give us a shot you got to try these yeah yeah um i love the question because it it is it is so relevant and it's overwhelming because people buy so many different yeah, I think it's personal confusing. care products you know and and you know you can go broke uh you know trying to trying to buy everything um i'll tell you where what what we're seeing a lot of. So, um, a lot of people are coming into the category through face care. Yep. That's a pretty high priority, um, to make sure what you're putting on your face is as healthy as, as possible. We're seeing people come in through deodorants. Yep. And, um, you hear a lot of people who make the transition from conventional antiperspirant deodorants who have some kind of either personal cancer scare or you know, have a friend or relative who, who is under, you know, who has some kind of, you know, um, scary experience that, you know, that's one of the first things that we hear doctors tell, you know, their patients, um, breast cancer, especially is no more antiperspirant. And we think about what antiperspirant is doing and blocking your body's natural, you know, functions. That to me is a really obvious one. So it's no wonder why people are coming into the category through, natural deodorants. Um, and, uh, as a matter of fact, we just, we're expanding our natural deodorants actually. And, uh, you know, launching a new line of, of, uh, roll on deodorants and, in, in, uh, a few different variations that, uh, for, for exactly that reason. And then, you know, the third, I would say, and this obviously depends on your situation, uh, with your family is a baby. Right. And, you know, I can't think of too many higher priorities. And I think a lot of, you know, parents would agree and so we see a lot of people coming in to the category either during pregnancy or shortly after their babies are born. And, and that's another one where we actually have, um, this was another, uh, little known fact. We laid a baby. We have a baby line that, um, that's all calendula based and white mallow based. And, um, and that's actually the, the leading natural organic baby care in natural grocery. So, um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of great. So I, that would be my suggestion. Sure. And if you don't have a baby, go get one, <laughs> and and try the products. And what are, what are the must try later products? Skin food, I think a lot of people would. Skin say. food is the one that we found out just by chance that it's all of a sudden it's become a a specialty product in many makeup artist bags. <laughs> because they put it on one of the women that they're working on as a base before they actually start applying makeup itself because it it provides kind of this natural glow and it makes it it, it creates a smooth foundation <laughs> to apply makeup. It is definitely the most well loved and well known of the sure. products. So I would definitely start with skin food. Um I would try so this this almond face care um is almost addictive. There are a few different items for, you know, face lotion and a wash and it's so smooth and so gentle and so effective that, uh, we've been getting rave reviews with that. So, uh, that's another one. And then, uh, I guess if you go, if you, if you hit the baby line, if baby yep. is, is, uh, speaking to you and I know little yeah, Ellie, those, uh, yeah. has, has experienced this, um, you know, you've got the diaper care, you've got, um, the, the body lotion is a really popular one. And the other, the other big one, the big, the big hit is the, um, the, uh, shampoo body wash and that's all calendula based. And, um, you know, calendula is known for this 
kind of skin regenerating properties and anti-inflammatory benefits and um and it's just so soothing on babies as a matter of fact what we found out is a lot of women are using it for themselves as well (laughs) for that reason so last question if you could go back in time and give yourself advice when you began your own wellness journey what advice would that be um so my wellness journey began with my parents um they actually were very environmentally aware and very health and wellness aware from as long back as i can remember so fortunately for me it's kind of always been part of my mindset. What I had to learn over time is that there's a way to build a business and lead and support and being more proactive from an environmental and wellness um, Mm -hmm. standpoint that not only should you do both, but we can do both. And I've had, I've been very fortunate that um, the leaders of uh, the organizations where I've been in the past, um, have taught me that. And, uh, you know, it's now, it's just become ingrained as part of my decision-making. I would have, you know, the, the advice I would have given myself would be to have come in with that understanding that that should be my expectation, you know, coming in. Sure. Um, that's not the kind of thing that was taught in business school. Right. That's right. Um, <laughs> slowly it's happening. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so that, that would be my advice is it's not, it's not a nice to have. It's a, it's an absolute mandate and not because it is reaching this critical mass of urgency now, but uh, because it's the right thing to do. I love it. Rob Keen, thank you so much for being here. Everyone check out Waleda. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.